Hi everyone, I'm Ruth Wilkinson on Unleash Your Goddess. I'm excited to talk to Jeanette Cavalier today as she shares her journey through struggling to be valued and heard. Jeanette was always giving of herself and never got anything in return. We hear how Jeanette went to do NLP to help others and also helped herself. It made her a better life coach and she also began to understand herself a lot better. We'd like to welcome Jeanette Cavalier today. Hello Jeanette. Welcome today. Hello, Ruth. Lovely to be here. Great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story and how you've got through and what lessons you've learned in life and what has got you through in life to this point. What do you want to get out of sharing your story today? I think what's really important for me is to show that no matter what happens in our lives, everything from the past is, is sometimes a lesson is sometimes just an experience and that we can achieve anything we want when we just actually focus on the present and focus on the moving forwards not always easy we all know that but that's that's what I'd really like to show that's the hard part isn't it it's moving out of the present situation that the listeners are in that we could be in moving forward and shutting that door and moving forward onto new things and a lot of times you don't see do you when you're in that situation you can't see the future you can't see it's going to get better yeah so that's a hard part and I'm sure we'll learn from you a good (laughs) nugget how to do that (laughs) Um, what did you want to do when you grew up what's really funny is that my dad wanted me to be a translator at the European Parliament he thought just because I could speak a little bit a little like this little um, of different languages when I was small that he that's what he wanted me to be I didn't really know I wanted to be an athlete I loved running for school and as I got older I decided oh guess what I'm going to be a store manager that's a whole new story (laughs) (laughs) And, and I did I did get to that when I grew up I did become a store manager but I I went on to do lots of other things it's very yeah, it was a lesson. Life is a big lesson. <laughs> oh, it is. I think we're forever learning, aren't we? No matter how old we yeah. get, we're forever learning lessons, going over the same lessons until we've learned it. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we keep going over the same lesson until we learn that lesson? Let me... I, I truly believe that the reason we're presented with things over and over again is that we haven't learned them. Yes. So out there, it, life is telling us, well, when you've learned this lesson you can move on and they yes. keep bringing it up for us until we get it me too <laughs> so we're going to talk about a few of your childhood memories um happy memories mum dad siblings. um my mum and dad loved me they were brilliant um I was a forces child So other things weren't necessarily brilliant, like being in a new school every two or three years. Taught you to be a bit more like a chameleon. Taught me that you've just got to like stick with what's going because actually, you know, you've got a roof over your head. You're going to school. Things are good. I did love school. I've got two brothers and a sister. Um, And I would say that happy is a big word, Ruth big word yes yes I'd say busy I was a very busy child um I was everything was organized you know everything had a process we did everything exactly as we should have done that was of course yes life 
but sometimes you don't know how to break out of your boundary. No, if that's you're, right. You're actually, oh, I've yes. set myself a little barrier here. Yes. Let's get it away. <laughs> Let's not let anything in. Yeah. yeah. Did you Did you have to move around quite a bit as your dad was um, in Yes, we're really lucky. Very lucky, though. We went to um, Scotland, Germany. Um, when I was really small, apparently I lived in Cyprus, but I don't remember that. I just know that it was obviously hot because I love hot weather. Yes. And yeah. I was very small. Then. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Quite, quite steady, even though we were moving. It felt quite steady. Oh, that's good. That's good. And what age did you leave home? I left home when I finished college at 18. And what was your yeah. first? That is, isn't it? <laughs> Look, my first my first Saturday job was at Woolworths. Oh, wow. I miss I, Woolworths. Yeah, I love Woolworths. And I, and I think because or most of my childhood is all about doing the right thing. I was the oldest sister, so getting the tasks done, getting the process, doing everything. I found working in a shop really easy. So then I wanted to be something more important, of course. So I went and wanted to be a trainee manager. Um, didn't get that where I wanted to get it, but I did um, work for Safeways and Sainsbury's and things like that until I got to the level. Um, but I still like I was, had to be, you know, it had to work. I yes. had to. I had this need that my parents told me that I could be anything I wanted, so that I I was top drawer and all this and. You don't you don't feel like you've succeeded when you get told that when you're little. So to tell your child that they're amazing every day is the best thing. I that we love them and that they're amazing. And then they can they can go on their journey then knowing we have that, they have that support, but then they can grow themselves. Cause I felt like, oh, you know, I've got to do this. It's like always running for that. I've got to get to that. Well, they- uh, was it like there were make, it was never good enough you always had to work oh no no it was me who felt that I wasn't actually succeeding and I, I hadn't realized that till I reflected on it in yes. sort of later on yeah, yeah the expectation was that I was going to do well no matter what I did <laughs> um and also that the, this knee my my mum would have loved me to have gone to uni she would have, but I, no, no, I didn't have, didn't make it to uni. But it doesn't mean that I didn't make a success of everything. No, that's so, right. But my, one of my daughters went to uni, so someone from our house, has, our family <laughs> has made it. I think quite often as parents, I've got four older children, um, 29 plus, um, and I think, I didn't personally, but I think a lot of parents put, things that they didn't make in life they didn't go to uni they they put that on the children a lot of times the children don't want to do that do they and like with my children I was like whatever makes you happy go and do it if you want to travel if you want to you know um and I think a lot of times that happens isn't it we can put the pressure on the children to be the things that we didn't get as a childhood as a child and the things you know and sometimes that's unconscious we do it unconsciously we you know we only want what's best for them and and because we've had our experience yes they feel like that we feel like we know but 
we're not them, are they? They chose us to be child children, so, you know. That's right, yeah. There's, there's never a manual to bringing up children, is there? No. <laughs> there's never a manual. And, and in our t- are yours older, your children? Yeah, my mine are 29 and 27. There you go. So in our time, there was, well, for me, I, I never used to go to Google. My daughter's got, I've got five grandchildren, but she, my daughter's got two. Google everything. It's brilliant. Any problem, she goes on Google to mum's net or something. We never had that. We just had to get in there and just get on because I got yeah. married at just 17. So I was only a child myself. And, you know, you just got you got on, didn't you? And it's it's amazing how much, you know, information is around now on the Internet and things like that, isn't it? It really how, how times have changed. I'm sounding old. <laughs> <laughs> did you get what age did you get married? I was 24. I was oh, 24. Lovely. lovely. So I know, I know um, before you, we, were, we were talking and you were telling me a few bits um, and you said about the feeling the need to succeed in the workplace along with the balancing motherhood. And I think a lot of mothers go through this. Can you explain more the process and how you... Yeah. How you um, when... It? I found that going to work, there's there was, especially when you and I were like first, like when we were starting out and you go back to work after you've had your children, I found that it was almost, you know, we've paid for you to have maternity, back you go. So you go back to the workplace. And one of my first returns to work, um, I was given my original job. So I walk into work and I was back to the very basic not not what I'd left so I was really well behaved about two weeks Ruth and then I said I sort of like please sir I put my hand up and I went can we have a little chat and I said, what's going on just because I've had a child uh doesn't mean I can't have my full job back I haven't lost my capacity to be a thinking working woman the, you know it's not like I'm at home all the time I'm here so pre-covid you know yes. <laughs> pre that season where we actually turned up at work we didn't have a, a mobile phone to say sorry can't get in you can send it all to me yes. at home and we were present yes. so I turned up to work set about four people and I thought you know it's my job I came back to work because I was fulfilling a role it was my role to fulfill and uh, yeah, so that was a very strange and I found it then second time I went on maternity leave, they didn't do that. And I went <laughs> back and I did work there and they respected me more for still turning up and going back. So I felt I felt quite valued there. Instead of sitting there and just taking it, you, you, you have to have some radical candour. Yeah. Yes. Radical candour these days is so important where we speak from our hearts when we speak because there's something important to be said, not to make a point or to overdo something, but really say, look, here I stand in my integrity. Here I am. <laughs> and I need and I need to be heard because something is not quite right, but all should be for the greater good. So yes. it worked out for me. And that was the only time I'd ever used it. And from then, for some reason, I didn't do it. I disempowered myself through sort of other jobs and roles that I took on. And I always left a job. <laughs> I always left a job if I felt 
um, unheard or uncared about or unvalued. But it was my gut that told me. And I'd go home, say to my husband, I'm leaving, you know, arms folded, grumpy at the table. That's it, had enough. And when I got the question, why? I said, I can't tell you exactly, but my gut says I'm out. And blow me down if it wasn't always the right decision. And, and I can't tell you this day why or how, but that's how it worked for me. Wow. But I was wow. still chasing, still chasing the idea that you couldn't leave one without another because we yeah. were supporting our children and we had to show them that was the way. For some reason, that's how I went through my working life. But how did you feel about your future at the points like when you left a job in between? Normally, quite I was quite belligerent. It was like, oh, gotta do this, gonna do this. I, I, you know, how dare they not know? Well, they don't know if you don't tell them. Lesson yes. learnt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I did feel like I needed to be heard. And when I got to a job where I was heard, the feeling, the overwhelming sense of that's what I've been waiting for was immense. It was absolutely wonderful difference. I was that due to management or was that due to you beginning yeah. to find your voice again? Um, no, that was actually down to someone um, hiring me and understanding my value and actually pointing out that, look, you've got all of this. You, you are responsible. You go and sort him out and you only report to me. And, you know, like, remember who you are and what we've yes. taken you on for. Yeah. And suddenly I had this amazing sense of freedom, value and understanding from someone who knew what it was to give um, a member of their team empowerment. Wow. That must have been not a big... Power, not yeah. that power, yeah. but the whole yeah. empowerment, yeah. empowerment about someone to grow and feel amazing at work yes yeah no that's uh that's brilliant isn't it to get some validation and and praise you know what you're doing is good yes so in in your early 50s you said that your path suddenly changed what did you learn from that and what happened I think where we were talking earlier about you keep having to do the same thing until you get the lesson so when I'd, I thought, right, I've had enough now of all of this, I need a complete change. And I realised through every single um, job I'd had, every role, at the end, I got loads of thank you cards. I got gifts. I got people saying, oh, you've always helped me. So this is the message all the way through. Jeanette, you've really helped me, helped me, helped me. And I'm going, oh, my God. What am I doing? I'm in the wrong job. I've been doing the wrong thing for like 25 plus years or more. And, and that, then it hit me that I needed to do something that fulfilled me. And that's what fulfilled me. That's what gave me that feeling inside when you actually see someone evolve and go on and have their own life purpose. Yes. And it was right okay and, <laughs> and, uh, and then I went through a whole two years of like every time something new happened it was like another light was switched on you know um you know that path where you've got the gold carpet yes. and the red light and everything I'm thinking 
why hasn't I been, why haven't I been shown this before? You know, why didn't I realize, oh, that was a lesson. I hadn't yes. been awake and I hadn't been present to what I really wanted. Uh, yeah. Do you think that comes with age? Yes. And the fact that I had was living in a world where I was doing, I was doing all of the time. I wasn't present. I was just doing earning money, making sure food's on the table, working with my husband to make sure we got everything in, do all the right things, sort of chasing the prosperity, but not actually understanding what that really means. <laughs> you yes. know, you can, you can sort of go off, you can go to work day after day, can't you? And you get home and you actually don't feel fulfilled, no. loved, valued. Yeah. You're just doing it. And at the end of the month, the money's in the bank. But yeah. and it's paying bills, but are you happy? No, no, it doesn't bring happiness. Yeah, no, it does. It has. But if you can do a job that you absolutely love and adore and it doesn't feel difficult, um, then that's really what I would um I really think is the best thing. So you work really hard and your commitment's high. And I think if anyone was really struggling right now with anything in their lives, I would say, please follow your heart's passion for the job that you want. And then how, however long it takes you to do it, however hard it may seem, it doesn't actually seem hard when you're committed to something that is your absolute passion. And there was... Some there are a few of my friends have actually really gone down this path and to, and they've had the most amazing results because they followed what they truly believe was their life, yes, their life's yes. work, something they've had this major passion for, a vision of it, everything, and that it does work out for you. So, what so, happens to those that are struggling? To all they're doing is just working to eat, and they have to do that that job that they're not happy in uh, they can't just leave it and start on the path that they feel they should be going maybe do it better at a time do you think yeah I completely agree with what you're saying it is really really difficult to step out of what, what we're doing in society right now because you know we do need to put our food on the table don't we and look after our families um, and you and I both know as as mums how important it is to like be there and be supporting in whatever form that takes. I would say if it's truly something you want to do, you will find a way to do it that doesn't it doesn't hurt you. It shouldn't you, hurt you either. No, no. Do you think that happens at a certain point in people's lives? Or or you can make it happen or it happens when the universe wants it to happen. Am I allowed to say a mixture of all of those? Yes, certainly. <laughs> I, I do think things happen when the time is right. So for some people, that's their 20s. Um, I think a lot of young people now are super smart, Ruth. Yes. They, look at all, they look at their parents and they say, why are you working 50 hours a week? They're, I've been asked this. Why are you working all these hours a week when I can work this many and I'm earning what you're earning? What are you doing? How yes. smart are you being? Why, why isn't it easy? So now if I come to work and I feel that I have had a really busy day and I feel it's been a bit tough, 
I also know that because I love it, the ease has come in. It's not difficult to fulfill what I want because I'm actually where I want to be. So if people are struggling, but they're on their journey to where they want to be, then they should, I, if it was me, I would keep going because yeah. I know what happens when I step out of my comfort zone and do what I really want to do. Doing what I really want to do, it makes the difference. Yes, yes. So the next question is, what about if somebody has got two or three things that they enjoy doing? How would you say to be able to hone it into one thing? Would you do that if you loved all the things you're doing? I have done that. I have done that. <laughs> I've done. I've done. I've had two or three businesses at one time, um, which which isn't good because then your head's all over the place. Yeah. So it's because finding that. Mm. I think that's down to the individual to decide where they're going. I think everyone's life is so different um, and people are so amazing that I, I truly think that you find your natural balance of what's really yours when you actually put your focus and intention on it. So then you find out, you do find out what works best, but you have to be present and aware yes. of it. Yes. I think for me last year, I just literally threw all my plates up in the air I was like, universe or whatever it is up there, whatever is out there, I just give it all to you. I just threw everything up and it all came down. It all, all the puzzles seems to be coming together now. But I had to let go. You totally. have to actually trust that somebody up there has your back and that and also you only get what you really want. So if you're if you're wanting everything, actually, we don't all want everything. Our lives are much simpler than that when we allow it. So I think you were right. Just put it all up there, see what lands, um, feel into it. But I yes. do think that if you truly want something, like um, really deep down want something, that's what will come. And what that's about what if that come. isn't the path that you should be on? then you're going to be on that road again, aren't you? And keep doing it. Get the lessons. <laughs> hey, it took me a long time. <laughs> Could you tell us more about the, um, you did, was that the NLP? You, oh, Was yes. that a training course or did you go on? Yeah. It's an actual um, neuro-linguistic neuro programming is, um, I found for me personally was the way that opened my brain up. It's like it's like I'd have been closed in this little box, and all I was getting was like were little rays of light coming in and or going out. So I wasn't giving anything of myself, and I wasn't receiving anything because my, the message I was sending out was okay. I'm this important closed person. Um, I do my job. I, I'm very like in the process, I'm not thinking outside of my little box because my little box is nice and safe. <laughs> and actually, when I got out of my way and realised that I'd been preempting everything, I spent my life trying to get the solution for someone else before they'd even really asked me the question. Like I knew what their answer was. Oh, let's go help them. And suddenly I realised that I didn't need to do this anymore, that it's really disempowering for others 
to wanting to make sure everything is okay for them because they're not on their journey. So this over-supporting, over-giving, yes. you know, and not listening. Um, and N- um, when I went on this NLP course, um, I never realised, I never realised that I could be happy, like happy in its true big sense of the word, that I could actually have pleasure at being still and really listening and actually listen to someone looking at them and being present and not having, I loved your plates earlier, not having the spinning plates of my life running around in the background, me going, what's her answer? What do they need? I actually could sit still, which is unusual for me. Um, And by sitting really still and actually listening, listening to my husband especially, oh, I realised we've been married all those years and I hadn't listened. I'd just been doing, you know, figuring out what the answer was. Oh, wow, our lives are even better now because we actually, I actually, sorry, really listen and I hear him for what it is that he wants. That's a major big difference for me. Yes. And what process did you go through then in this therapy? What happens is that you can visit you visit the things that come up for you so you are you we were talking about weren't we what would we tell our younger self now who was 18 yes so a lot of things for me from when I was a child I'd attached a thought to that so in a, in NLP it, it helps you like take away the block and the thought that you'd attach to something that actually isn't there at all it's it's what you've decided in your reality is right. Um, and I had the most amazing journey realising that actually everyone's vision of the world is completely different. Yes. Everyone has a different viewpoint. And the more you're open to seeing where they're coming from and walking alongside them, and you get you get the picture. And then you can have so much better empathy, um, but you can be completely real yes I think also it's taken time I know my uncle was used to say to me it's taken time to step into the other person's shoes you don't know what they're going through you don't know what they've been through okay let's talk about uh, your light bulb experience did you feel as if a weight had been lifted straight away or did it take time it was almost immediate it was like oh it was it's almost like, thank God for that. Is this what I've been carrying? You know, like you've been carrying this great sack. Yes. And you've been going along, you know, like a miner, working, getting smaller and smaller. And now I felt about 10 feet tall. Um, I realised that I could be, be me. I found that I could laugh more. I was so much more cheerful. And I'd stopped taking responsibility for other people's actions. And sometimes I still do it now. So if I'm going out somewhere or I've been somewhere and I know what someone's supposed to be doing and they're not doing it, then I used to be like, why Why aren't they? Why aren't they doing it? And really, it's almost like I really want to go and boss them and be interfering. And I think, no, get back. You're not responsible. And I think I've gone through my life feeling like I'm responsible and having to be responsible and actually I don't I'm only accountable for my behavior 
and my actions in my life. And honestly, it did take a massive, it was a huge weight that lifted off me. Oh, that's so I don't amazing. know up from, but I would imagine it was from childhood somewhere, I picked up that I needed to be responsible. And that and was through the NLP, was it? Yeah. So you're a therapist? NLP practitioner. So, and the most amazing thing is that you can allow, allow um, the clients to actually find their own light bulb moment. And it's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And it helps them. It helps them. And we've all got it in us. And it's, and it's just there and ready. And one... Once you've actually bring it in everything into focus and you can see um, the everything changes. Yes. Everything changes. And where are you based? Um based in Eastbourne, sunny Eastbourne on oh, the lovely. south coast of England. I'm near, I'm near Chichester. <laughs> not not <Ooh>. too far. <laughs> and and do you offer online? Um actually, um post-pandemic. During the pandemic, I did enough. I didn't do any client work, and I realised that if my cup wasn't full and I wasn't prepared and really present, that I couldn't sort of I couldn't facilitate anyone doing anything for themselves if I wasn't there. But yes, I've I've realised that I can actually do Zoom sessions with clients, um, and I had to get over myself for that. So I still wanted to see clients face to face. I wanted to be able to, you know, feel their emotion and see how they were doing. Um, and I realized that if I was really present and really here and right now in the moment, that could all be easily done on Zoom too. Yes. And I, I hadn't, I hadn't appreciated how easy it is to get out of my way and actually do that. So I have I already have a mixture of clients, ones that I have on Zoom and ones that I do now see face to face. And it's oh, that's lovely. for those that are listening at the at the end of this, I will give the website and your e one wants to contact you they can. That's lovely. So I just wanted to talk about the coping mechanism you used when your parents split and how did you feel? How old was you? I was five, five or six. Oh, wow. Um I realised that because they were both loved me, I, you know, I just kept going. I just every day got up my, you know, just do what had to be done. I never felt uncared for, but I really felt like I need, I think that's where my need for taking responsibility really came in as a child. And so I never really lost that because I had my little brother and, you know, you really had to like, you just had to keep doing it because there's your mum and your dad all trying to do everything for you. So you have to actually reciprocate. And that's how I, I coped with that. And I think that's how I coped with everything after in determination that I was going to be responsible and I was going to do things and I was going to make it no matter what. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> funny now when I think about it yes. that way so on um sorry back back to the course you did with the NLP course was that here yeah. in the UK you did that oh actually it's um between where you are and where I am with oh, um yeah. Terry Alston at NLP world he was amazing um taught me that I could actually look outside myself 
that I could actually be myself and that I'm quite, you know, I'm a, I've got it all going on. Yes. Um, and it, it's funny. It's funny to have those moments of realisation. And I think I had one every single day of the course, every day. I'd go home. I was completely worn out, but completely elated all at the same time as you realise how important you are as a, you know. How long did it last, of course? It was, I think the first one was 10 days. And then the master practitioner course after was about 13, I think. The best time out not spent at home of my whole life. Well, for me, for me personally. Yeah. Because yeah. so. I'm I'm at the crossroads at the moment, what to do with my life at the moment. I'm just like, just, I'm just sitting on things at the moment. Oh, I'm losing my voice. That's quite interesting. So I'm wrapping up this before we go into the quick fire questions. If you can just tell the listeners the, the therapy that you offer, um, how can that make an impact on their lives? Right, so I I offer an all-encompassing life coaching pack, um, pack. So they come and see me. We talk about what's really important for them, what's, what in their life needs to happen. And I, I walk with them through their journey and then they can actually empower themselves and see what it is that they feel they've been missing or actually unlock what it is that they know because you don't know what you don't know and when you once you've unlocked it and unpacked it a bit and um, everything comes much clearer yeah so how um, is that through I'm, asking questions you would just ask lots of questions yeah yeah, yeah. you it's a, it's a mixture of um going through what they want out of their life what they and what they've done and you know when something comes up for us we know don't we yes when something inside us needs a little chat you know it just hits with yeah. yeah or as you asked me before what you feel like if you had to go and have a little chat with 18 year old you now yes. in your mid 50s you know what would you be saying to them so um if when you come and see me that's what it's it's about you your life and how you actually want to improve it and how you, I'll facilitate you walking yourself out there into the big bad world in a, with a totally new persona. That sounds powerful. So how many sessions usually do you have to have? Or is it ongoing? I'd like to say that I'd like clients to come and see me, have what they need, and then be able to go on. Um, I'm not, I don't want to hold on to clients. I want them to be empowered enough that, when they've they've had whatever works for them, they can they go and actually have a great life. Well, that's that's amazing, isn't it? And that's really powerful to be able to give them the tools to use themselves, yeah. which is all part of their journey. Um, so we're going to move on to the quick fire questions. So I'll just give a question and just give an answer. One person who has made an impact on your life. Um, I worked with a young woman called Joanne. Um, she came back to work. She'd had cancer. She'd had a major op and her inner strength was absolutely amazing. Beautiful woman. And I take I take great strength from that every day since I've known her. Absolutely amazing. Your favourite meal? Oh, roast dinner with oh. all the trimmings, homemade Yorkshire puddings, everything. Yes. <laughs> Lamb, chicken? 
Uh, roast lamb. Roast, roast lamb. Roast lamb so favourite. Got to be the house favourite. Yes. <laughs> what makes you smile? Seeing people succeed and make make the best of their very own opportunities and their lives. That that I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling that now. Yes, yeah. What's on your bedside table? One of my necklaces, tissue box. Oh, very naughtily, my phone, but switched off. <laughs> no, I've never had it. switched it off. It's not on, but it's, you know, sad, isn't it? Hey? <laughs> No, you, it's that that you know I always keep mine I keep mine on vibrate in case one of the children or something need to get hold of me it's always that but it is good it is good to turn I spend way too much time on my phone and I need to learn more to just spend that time before going to sleep maybe reading or meditating or, or something do, do you meditate yeah you do every okay. morning I do mine in the morning when I get up have five minutes to feel and hear and see that what's around me or what what I'm expecting to hear see and feel when I can do that I know that I am ready to start the day and I'm, I'm in a very grounded place it's just lovely and did you I do that when the children it. was young no I didn't didn't even okay. start doing any of that till my mid-50s till I went two favorite songs Right, so when I was a radio, hospital radio DJ, oh, it was wow. Heaven, Heaven Must Have Sent You by the Elgins. Yeah. And then the other one is Love Shine a Light by Katrina and the Waves. Oh, I, love, I love Eurovision. Yes, yes. <laughs> what would you say to your 18-year-old former self? I would say you don't need to have any fight or any flight. Just believe. Just believe in you and go and explore the world and life and be open. That's brilliant. That's lovely. Your favourite book? My favourite book has to be The Lord of the Rings. I did it for O-Level and I thought, I'm never going to get through this book. Um, but I've been reading since I properly since I was seven um, and I just got lost I got lost in yes. the book and the adventure. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen the film as well? Oh, all Obviously, of them. <laughs> yes, you have, yeah. <laughs> what would make this world a better place in one word? Love. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. What would you want your legacy to be? That I helped someone to a better future. And that was a great mum. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's all you can ask, isn't it? That'd be similar to mine that I've been a help to you know to people around me and I've helped even just that one person it is yeah that's a lovely legacy thank you so much for sharing sharing your uh, your journey and your your life and what you do I'd like to f thank Jeanette for coming on today it was lovely to hear how Jeanette pushed through and cleared the blocks that stopped her from living an authentic life if you want to contact her please go to the sussexlifecoach.co.uk. There will be Jeanette's contact details on our Facebook page too, Unleash Your Goddess. We look forward to our next podcast and finding out how a lovely lady pushed through pain and found healing.